This is Jane Hardwick Collins, founder of the School of Shamanic Womancraft. Connecting to our inner dimensions. Inner reviews of transformation. When and how my life changed. Rewilding women with their stories of growth and transformation. Reclaiming feminine knowledge and power. Thank you for joining us. This is important and deep, serious work. Your podcast host and story guide, Ali Kate. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode 7 of the podcast of the School of Shamanic Womancraft and calling in grace. And this episode we really deep dive into honouring our rhythms and our patterns and our cyclic nature and really exploring Grace's journey as she traversed from year 2013 through the School of Shamanic Womancraft and is now teaching. She lives in Canada and she's recently moved and we talk about sitting in space and observing and growing into our new environments and how that reflects the nature that are around us and our humanness. So enjoy this episode and just want to mention a big warm grateful thank you to the people that have left reviews and especially on iTunes and if you could uh, go on to iTunes and uh, leave a rating and a review that would be amazing because what happens then is the podcast gets out to many more people. Hi Grace Funk, welcome so much to the School of Shamanic Womancraft podcast all the way in Canada and it's in Saturday afternoon. Um, I'm in the future on Sunday morning so (laughs) how we embrace technology and welcome so much uh, to the podcast. Thanks Ali, yeah glad to be time bending with you. (laughs) Yeah totally. Hey, first thing that comes to my head actually is what is it like? I know you're coming back to teach uh, in Victoria, Australia uh, in about a week. What's it Mm -hmm. like flipping seasons and flipping uh, continents? Yeah, I guess our family has done that just a little bit. Um, I married a Canadian, so periodically we have flipped for the summer. You catch the summer over here, skip some of the winter back home. Um, So that's felt familiar and in some ways doing that kind of stepping out of regular life does function as a, um, that winter, the winter gift of things slowing down. It it has functioned that way um, by by enabling me to step out of uh, everyday life. This time I'm doing three trips back and forwards. I'm hitting the last one and I definitely am feeling the um, circadian rhythms getting screwed 
Um, and also feeling, yeah, quite a liminal state between seasons in some ways attuned to both. Um, although definitely acclimatising more and more here and um, glad to be coming into a winter here, which will, I think, just help me ground and root down into this place um, as the snow falls and yeah yeah so definitely mixed up we're certainly not made to do it (laughs) yeah does anything come up for you when you're teaching and say you're here next week and you see all these excited spring faces ready to blossom and bloom and then you're going back into the 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 veil of winter does that Mm. I guess it really highlights how much we live by the seasons whether or not we bring consciousness to that there is such a strong sense of blooming and um, the, obviously the warmth is so tangible to me, but also that sense of excitement and um, some of that Beltane energy, very present and, yeah, yep. mm. it's good to see. Yeah, it must be good to actually just reflect that um, even though a lot of us are unaware sometimes of how our body moves in the seasons and how cyclic we are, it must be great to see it when you come straight out of one into the other and it's present in front of your face and to witness mm. and hold it. Yeah. Yeah, and all the more highlighting when we bring consciousness consciousness to it, um, we can uh, embrace those opportunities even more. If those If those opportunities are there, even when we're unconscious of them, then how much more opportunity is there to really step into the flow and be in the flow when we bring consciousness to it so yeah that's it's been exciting undoubtedly and that's the exciting thing isn't it once you start coming into awareness of it the anticipation of how much more tuned in can we be when we become more aware and more Mm -hmm. and your gifts um priestess your life is your website and this is one of your gifts is cycles and patterns and um, we'll talk about your journal later on in the podcast, but uh, this is this is your thing, isn't it? This is your this is your mover and shaker is um, teaching and awareness about um, ritual and cycles and being intuitive to that. Yeah, it was maybe an unexpected gift from participating in the Four Seasons journey. I just knew I had to get there and be part of it, um, but definitely the teaching around the cycles just helped so much drop in for me that yeah just helped so much make so many things make sense and I guess I'd been dabbling in astrology for a little while before that Um, but because astrology also is so much to do with cycles um, the you know the synodic movement of sun and moon and all the planets around and around the earth you know from our perspective um, that too helped so much drop in as well and for me the synthesis of astrology and that the map of the cycles or the wisdom of the cycles that is um, just that basic natural cycle of in-breath and out-breath and ascent and descent bringing those two wisdoms together in my mind yes spawned a whole lot of creativity and has informed much of what I do whether that's looked like the lunar journal workbook or astrology readings with people um, helping them attune to what are the opportunities of this moment for them, given the understanding of those natural cycles. Uh, not much point trying to grow something if you're in a letting go phase or 
you know, maybe I can help someone make their peace with that growth maybe won't happen as quickly as they want it to, but it will happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it really has informed my work. Yeah. Sure. Tuning into 2013 was when you started your first Four Seasons journey. Uh, You now teach now for the School of Shamanic Womancraft. So what was the pull at that time in your life? What uh, what brought you into the journey and how was that for you? Um, I'd heard Jane speak at a women's festival and I partly feel like it was her embodied integrity that called me in, uh, but I also remember another moment reading on the school's website about the content of the Four Seasons journey and just reading through like a dot point list, uh, again feeling like, Yes, I need to get there. And I, I can still hardly say what that was. I mean, it was things like make a drum and menstruation and cycles and um, women's circles like sisterhood. All those things were deeply calling me, um, but in ways that I could hardly articulate. Yeah. So what was it like stepping into it for the first time? What came up for you, if you can go back to that point? <laughs> yeah, I do remember um, that first gathering, um, feeling absolutely bemused that I could, there was the possibility that I could fully be myself here and that be acceptable. And, I mean, that implies I, I had been going through life feeling like I had to seriously edit myself, which wouldn't be my dominant story of self-identity but um clearly clearly there was some sense of either either having to hold back a little bit in everyday life or just um not having found kindred people yet or um or just a sense of having found some kindred souls at this particular gathering in a way that I hadn't before and in a way that um made me feel like some new possibilities would open for me just in terms of allowing myself to be who I am or who I wanted to become, whatever that looked like. So that's my that's my dominant memory of that first gathering, actually. And I say that in a context where I'm an introvert. Um, I can totally function in extroverted social gatherings, but there was something about rocking up to a new place, had no idea what it would be like or camping together on this property I don't yeah there were just so many unknowns and the fact that I could turn up and be and be safe there and be fully welcome there I also remember all the hugs just the um the absolute welcome and without the need to be any different yeah that was standout standout hospitality so you felt you really felt that safety as as soon as you walked in there yeah yep and I think I mean as a teacher now it's my responsibility to make sure that that safety keeps on unfolding and not just unfolding for new people but unfolding for all of us in real time as we keep journeying together Uh, and sometimes that seems like that's that's the harder work when we might not be on top of our game or um, dynamics might be so familiar that we're a bit over it. So just, but still that's that, um, 
the truth of if we can create a context of welcome and safety, then everyone can show up and do the work that they need to do. That's That still feels so true, um, as well as feeling, say, like a cutting edge of growth for me. How do I keep creating safety, not just in my work, but at home, safety for myself, safety for my children. And I'm really just talking emotional safety there um, rather than having to deal with any kind of physical safety. But obviously physical safety is is a, the, the cutting edge for some people as well. Mm. Yeah, every episode I've done, we have talked about safety. It seems to be just a passing through everyone's journey and just how important it is to uh, reclaim that safety mm-hmm. and, you know, even coming into my life I feel about um, how apt I can tune into emotional sort of saying no or boundaries um, and how much healthier I feel because I'm mm. putting that safety first and uh, the school beautifully holds that container of safety um, and it's great that we sort of talked about that and that was your first feeling stepping into that because for a lot of people it's completely frightening even just to walk into a room full of strangers um, and I know myself being highly sensitive has that same thing that comes up and uh, mm. to walk in and to be held and to be uh, as you said highly welcomed um, just allows that even the body response to just relax and then it, the flow on from there happens, I guess. Mm. Well, I think it yeah. is that body response that we're talking about. Um, it's all, all fine to kind of map things out with the neocortex, but if we can't meet the animal needs of yeah, safety and stability and yeah, even mm. those older survival instincts of fight or flight, then we mm. can't really do this these this quite um, subtle, nuanced work that we're trying to do in the school, I think. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes I felt when I looked around in circle and I could just get this, like, everyone's very feline, like we're all just kind of, like, <laughs> you know, hanging out like a pack of lions or tigers or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. cats, what was the part of your mob? Mine was Raven, yeah. Raven, yeah. Um, but that shifted too. Um, yeah, but Raven and yeah, like I got a lot of feline stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah. there was just, I remember those few moments and just feeling that energy of like, you know, everyone just kind of like a, pack of lions in the shade just hanging out kind of watching gazing here and there and then sort of settling back into someone speaking or Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm, yeah getting a tangible picture of that at my end (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so when you journeyed in 2013 um what like one of the things I like to sort of go into to make people aware that hasn't done this journey or uh, who's interested in any of the work that the school offers or what Jane offers or Moonsong is um, around our birth imprint or our menarch. And did mm-hmm. any of that come up for you or highlight for you or shock you or like, wow, I can't believe I missed this my whole life or any of those moments that you'd like to talk about? Um, it was pretty powerful to witness that my 
Menarch's story, I mean, I knew this, but it had been one of, um, you know, privacy, secrecy, isolation, some of those themes that are very common to many women, the need to not speak of it in order to keep ourselves safe or feeling too scared to speak of it or just um, that it would be too complex to speak of that. That has been some of my experience. And I remember a powerful moment earlier before I did the Four Seasons journey of realising that that imprint also was the experience of my mother and also my grandmother. It gave me a sense of cosmic relief that it wasn't all my fault, but somehow that through through this particular female ancestral line or red thread that we were processing, uh, how much do we have to do on our own and how much how can we how can we bring our lived experience into our relationships and our connection and particularly our connection as mothers and daughters. Um, yeah, clearly clearly a work still in process. But um it certainly made me very conscious then of my daughter's approaching Menarch because she was uh, uh, nine, I guess, when I was doing the Four Seasons journey. Um, yeah, so in the years since then, have brought a fair bit of consciousness to that. And she actually got her period last year and I just was writing about it now as a kind of year-long digestion of um, what was a really amazing time. And I'm just about to send that out this month, actually, to to people who read my newsletter and I'll put it on the blog as well so it yeah I always have felt nourished that my daughter has felt able to speak of it in ways that I just could never contemplate when I was her age so this um it's just so heartening that something different is happening for her um no doubt there's other woundings or complexities to be dealt with but not that one of being unable to share what's what's physically and emotionally happening happening for oneself and I guess the other the other powerful thing about witnessing that as my Menarch story uh, was seeing it play out in the birth of of my daughter she was my firstborn um, my my initial tendency to try and digest that experience on my own or or um, uh, I guess I was going with the system and trying to fly under the fly under the radar at the hospital and then going actually I need to call in a whole lot more support to to tweak this experience so that I can fully show up and that put me on a home birth track with yeah amazing amazing midwife and my mother a second midwife and so yeah um again I was looking at that in retrospect when I was doing the four seasons journey just looking at that pattern of isolation and are pleased for myself at how I too, along with my daughter, have been able to slowly change that uh, in some way. Certainly for the big, those big uh, rites of passage like like childbirth, which just got more and more empowered for the three births that I had, a daughter and two sons. Um, and it's it's still an ongoing. Like it's very current right this second, knowing that my tendency is to withdraw. That's still a deep, deep old imprint to digest my experience on my own or to withdraw from people and experiences that seem difficult. So I have to constantly um, bring consciousness to my intention to move towards and to 
share my experience and to be vulnerable and to ask for what I want and all those uh, edgy, difficult things that often when I'm in, in a triggered state just seem impossible. So what's the point of talking about it? Um, actually, somehow there's often a lot of grace and things can work out differently to what I expect. So I'd say along with it being so much healing happening, it's also a really current cutting edge. Um, yeah, and I, I like how that those both those things are true. It's, uh, the healing is not a linear, not a linear process. One of the things that um, our great ego tells us that we can't take the time for ourselves, or um, mm. yeah, and you know, again, birth, uh, our menarch, it's all placed not to honour or not to understand that it's not a linear event and each one is unique and each story is um, unique to that person that's going through that rite of passage and, um, yeah, so mm. important to honour the uniqueness of each story and uh, it must have been just I was just listening when you were saying about your daughter and uh, holding that space for that year. It just must be so amazing to be aware that that pattern is broken, you know, and to be fully uh, present with seeing it as different um, to what mm -hmm. you and your your ancestral line have come from. Yeah, yeah, it is very powerful. Uh, mm -hmm. And I guess given what we've just been talking about, I can also see how there's a there's the call at the moment to see well what are the other places where she doesn't feel able to talk to me in and you know even just the thought of that is um, painful or disturbing but also um, pretty true for so many teenagers and and right in a sense of boundaries there's things that we choose to speak about and things that we don't um, but again I'm struck by this sense of cyclical living and um, themes themes coming up to be revisited or or seen anew uh, not as a failure of of say the healing that's gone before but just as the very nature of life the nature of life being to revisit things and um, if you like I think it was a Julia Cameron analogy to circle around and around the mountain and it might look like we're looking at the same view but we're at, we've actually done a whole circle of the mountain and our perspective is slightly different and the possibilities are slightly different um mm. I find yeah. that just a helpful a helpful right. antidote to the sense that as a sense any sense of failure that if we are revisiting difficult terrain in whatever context whether it's to do with our rites of passage or our emotional journey or our relationships with other people um that there's no failure in that there's just a Oh, okay, what's the opportunity here? What's what's called for now? Yeah, exactly. Coming into it with a curious outlook, you know, mm. when I kind of raised and hmm, like what's this showing up for or uh, to look at it in that way and I uh, really like what you said about the mountain and just circling around, you know, like things will come up in your life and when you can look at the at some point and not feel triggered or traumatized or bring up old uh, sort of patterns, it's quite amazing knowing that, uh, you know, every, you will always remember, I guess, the learning from that. And But to let 
other aspects of that go that, again, engages that body response like we were talking about before, that safety, you know, um, mm. the trigger factor or, yeah, to look at something and go, oh, yeah, that's there it is, oh, that's interesting and then it passes by and you keep circling around. and Yeah, um, and like you say, yeah. that coming back, visiting that old terrain can highlight how much has changed, how much healing has happened or how much shift, shifting has occurred, which is much cause for celebration. Yeah, yeah, and much cause to exactly know why we are cycling and um, why it is so important to safely um, find a container to bring these uh, these things into awareness um, without compartmentalizing and putting 20 chains around it and locking it away and like I don't have to deal with that pretend it doesn't exist which is exactly the pattern that I grew up with you know in our mm-hmm. kind of like oh that you know that's too emotional let's just not even go there um, mm. <laughs> that, and it's it's great to again find safety, find that container that can hold it, find the people that can hold it, um, and those healthy emotional boundaries where you surround yourself with that safety, that trust, that knowing, the remembering, yeah. The honoring. <laughs> and I think a big chunk of finding those external safe containers, whether that's um, a group like like what the school is trying to create, or whether that's uh, counseling with a particular person the point of that seems to be for me ongoingly to be be able to be that person or that container for myself just to slowly and increasingly sing up the that nurturing parent archetype if you like or whatever whatever nourishing nurturing archetype you want to call on that can hold uh the those younger difficult traumaed parts of us that most of us have I mean nice to think there's people who don't but most of us seem to have aspects of our younger days that have been difficult that we're uh, still chunking down or still gnawing on as as kind of trauma bones if you like gnawing on the bones to work out what what needs to shift and what um what we're actually wanting to create in our life Um, but needing needing a safe inner context for for that digestion to fully happen seems to me that the work is to keep on bringing ourselves home to ourselves and I'm often looking for it in an external context I mean I'm particularly always looking for my husband to mirror back that safe context to me but guaranteed uh, my content it will often trigger him into his difficult terrain and um the reliability of each of us to provide that safe container for each other is um, dicey. Uh, and the grace is that we often can. And the opportunity also is just that we can keep creating it for ourselves so that we don't demand it of whatever context we find ourselves in. It can just be a bit more robust. And then, of course, the more we do it for ourselves, the more we can ripple it out for other people. I can slowly ripple it out more for my husband for my children for whatever four seasons journey women come my way or other women's circle or my friends or, yeah that's the, that's the gift but the work is always comes back to me me doing my work you are listening to the school of shamanic womancraft podcast series with ali kate
Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. So finishing your Four Seasons journey Mm -hmm. and did you just have this sense, so you teach, um, currently teaching in Victoria for Four Mm -hmm. Seasons. What's that like, holding that space? Um, Do you feel just this is a part of uh, what you knew um, given the work that you do too with Priestess Your Life? Um, Did you just dive straight into the teaching role knowing that this innately was what was meant to flow on from journeying? You mean did I dive into the apprenticeship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess as part of... As part of my journey, then I knew I wanted to keep, I didn't, there was no clarity around, yes, I want to teach this, but there was a clarity around, oh, this is content that I need to keep journeying with and a way of being with myself that I want to keep doing. Um, and the, what, what that looked like uh, was doing the apprenticeship. So I, I took a year off and I originally, when I put my name down for the apprenticeship, it was my turn was going to come up in 2020. So I was settling in for a long, long wow. wait, if you like. <laughs> and as it was, it just um, happened that I was able to do it the following year, 2015. Um, and I continued to f- find myself somewhat bemused to find myself in a teaching role. And I say teaching in quotation marks. Uh, it still seems an odd hat to wear. And I wear it with a strong sense that we are journeying together, uh, deeply informed by everyone's stories or each other's stories. Um, what I what I do have from these years of journeying this particular way is a very robust trust in the, the shape of the program and what it's what it invites people into doesn't demand it at all, but it certainly has numerous invitations that have been life-changing for me. And for those who resonate with this work, I know that they'll be life-changing for them. So um, for all that I'm, you know, again, as an introvert, find myself bemused that I'm in such a social situation and having to trust that the way that I do leading or teaching is is the way that is what these women have called in and knowing that these women are also changing me, uh, helping me become who, I, who I'm supposed to become or helping life birth itself within me. Um, so quite a sense of dynamic process. Um, and I find that just as when I did the Four Seasons journey, uh, those opportunities to tra- change and transform called to me and they weren't always comfortable um, that work has never stopped. And even if I wasn't teaching, it wouldn't stop anyway. I think as soon as you bring consciousness to your process, those calls to transform and change and let go of things that no longer serve and become become who your soul is wanting to be, those voices, I think, just get louder and louder if you've, if you've um, chosen to listen to them. But I certainly find the teaching is a context where those calls are loud and I'm invited to step into new ways. So it feels like a very dynamic process. Um, And again, I'm finishing up in Victoria, having just moved to Canada. Um, 
and interested to see if and what wants to happen over here with Canadian women in terms of the Four Seasons journey and that particular container. So I also feel in a deep sense of transition with the work and not wanting to assume what it wants to look like now, but uh, just to bring a deep sense of priestess in service to the work, which is really in service to life and the feminine principle, uh, to bring that to this particular context of Canada and uh, and even this more particular context of Manitoba and outside of Winnipeg and be listening for what wants to happen. So, yeah, quite a tra- you, you've caught me in quite a transitional space. Mm, wow. Well, happy to catch you in this space and get your insight from that. It's uh, <laughs> really interesting to see when I listen to you and, I mean, this is the work that you do, it's, it's just really shining how much you are tuned into um, patterns and cycles and how they all seem to overlap, you know, like the fact that you're coming from Canada to here and you're doing a lot of sort of overlapping, I guess, of cycles and your own cycle and other people's cycle and your teaching and holding space for cycles of all different matters and what's coming up for some and uh, it's really amazing I feel I feel really warm and really activated just to hear that that's what we're doing you know that's you're here you're holding that space and it's uh, again it's not linear we can't fix it and just tick it off the list it's always going to come up and the more that we do the work, the, the louder it does speak. You're exactly right. And it's so um, beautiful because it would be such a discredit to just go back and ignore it all. You can't. Mm. It's, it's almost impossible. Like yeah, you just can't. It, I agree. It is impossible. <laughs> or if if you did, you'd be seriously compromising something else within you. you yeah. Know, in, yeah. In a way that would be unhealthy. Yeah. 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 And then and your body – I mean, because you tune into so much awareness, you realise that your body speaks to you so much, you know, and you're mm. just tuned in, not just head and cut off, it's the whole mm. body starts speaking and, uh, yeah. So you you finish your apprenticeship, you will, after this week, is that right? Um, I finished my apprenticeship um, uh, in 2016 and I did an intern year as well and have had yeah this year of teaching as well so ah so okay kind of great so this is in Vic yeah. with a either intern teacher or teacher hat on and three years of an apprenticeship um and now stepping into I don't know what yet um yeah which I think is again that cyclical wisdom of there's points in that cycle where we have no idea what's coming and there's points where we can see a bit more clearly and the point would be to trust all those different places they're all trustworthy places so finding myself in a uh, one of those places where I can't see so much in the future uh, that I can trust that and trust that some answers or illumination are coming yeah Mm. kind of just uh, brings me to that like first permaculture principle is observe and interact. You're kind of in that phase. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep. Observing your new environment and 
seeing seeing how it grows and moves and shifts and de- dies and decays. Yeah, and that Exciting. feels like a real honouring of place to not just assume that we can replicate the same, to not be in a sense like a Walmart and just replicate itself everywhere mm. in a deep kind of dishonouring of context and what, you know, what may have been there before. But um, And also, you know, my... My uh, my tendency would be to undersell myself, so also to not underestimate the the gift of what I've been given, and therefore what I feel called to pass on. Just particularly in terms of the Four Seasons journey, I I would not want to underestimate the goodness of that either, or undersell the goodness of that. Um, but yeah, certainly just in this mm. process of listening, listening to what wants to happen here and, and when when things might want to happen here and when my body is ready to do things here because I certainly have felt like this year has just been so full moving to the other side of the world. It really has taken the whole year and, um, yeah, if I rush myself, uh, there'll be some kind of burnout. So just have to apply all those permaculture sustainability principles to myself first and foremost uh, yeah we're back to that got to do yeah got to do the work ourselves as well yeah yeah just feeling like you're getting your mama bear hat on and gonna curl up and yeah yep I am hibernating and I am <laughs> after so much fullness then I need a bit of time where it's not so full yeah so I love your website, priestessyourlife.com. Oh, thank it's gorgeous. You. I was having a look. And you um, are the website goddess for uh, Jane Sites and the School of Shamanic Womancraft too. So you do absolutely beautiful, inviting websites, I must say. <laughs> That's a word that comes to my head. I just feel really warm when I'm looking around your site. And one of your offerings um, I like to talk about because we're still talking about your gifts, the cycles and the patterns and um, is the lunar journal. So when did you dream that up and how, tell me about that. Um, that. That came in the year of my Four Seasons journey, just um, I guess digesting that that the moon is having an influence on us, which... I, I knew, but I, yeah, the Four Seasons journey was an invitation to uh, road test that with my body. Um, so the lunar cycle particularly and the solar cycle of seasons and also the how humans have celebrated the seasons over thousands of years in the form of the sabbats, like, like the Halloween sabbat that just happened here and is pretty big in North America. Um, or the Beltane one that just happened um, over there, or is is still happening. It's actually Tuesday or Wednesday. That's when it lines up astronomically. Um, yeah, I wanted a way of somehow putting all in one place these invitations to set intentions at the new moon and speak our thanks at the full moon and do the letting go at the dark moon and. Um, and also do those same, follow those same opportunities for the seasonal sabbats. Put them all in one place. Um, a friend suggested the idea of putting it all in a circle and um, being able to look at life according to those phases. And 
yeah, so I did that. And so, yes, the, this current one that's being birthed is the fifth edition and it's changed over time in some ways and it's um, stayed the same in some ways. So, yeah, I, I continue to – it's almost like I'm apprenticed to it and I wouldn't say I have a full understanding of why – why should we do this? But I have a full belief in uh, reflecting on our process again for that for that purpose of doing the work ourselves and knowing ourselves. Because if we don't know ourselves, we're going to just um, <laughs> inflict ourselves on other people. Um, so I have yeah, just such a deep core belief that it is valuable to reflect on life. And the gift of this wisdom of the cycles is that we can reflect on ourselves. Uh, in particular ways at particular times to attune to what are very real uh, opportunities in in this natural world, given that we're not apart from nature, we're fully caught up in it. Um, yeah. And is a journal print? Like if people went to go have a look, would they expect print or an e-book? Yeah, it's, bo- it's both. So people can uh, order a hard copy. Um and because I'm over here in North America, I can pull off a hard copy over here, which I haven't been able to do before. Um, I'm actually trying to get it all set up on Amazon, but we'll just see if that happens. Otherwise, people can get a digital copy and just um, – it really functions best if it's on paper. So either print it off at home or get it bound at Officeworks, yeah, at, um, in whatever way you can get it onto paper so that you can put pen to paper basically. Uh, that's how it functions best. But yes, print and digital. So pen to paper, because I'm a pen to paper and I've got like a lot of journals of dreams and musings and things that I keep, um, there's some that I've destroyed, like, you know, sort of a letting go ritual and burning, um, but there's a lot of kept and I've really come to this thing now since I've had a daughter that I feel like I need to keep them all and she takes it on Um, Mm. and there's this sense there that she needs to see my dreams and to see my patterns and to um, maybe understand a bit more um, the messages, I guess, or the Mm. remembering or there's something there in it and I often wonder like it's just so much easier for me to record on paper and pen in some ways um, for those sort of things like you know, being in tune, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you're talking to someone who's done pen on paper since she was 10 um, and then more consistently since I was 17, just journaling being such a helpful spiritual, um, emotional practice for me. I think the, the, the place where the lunar journal comes in is I find this just such a volume of journals Um and it's such a dive into a daily experience or the nitty-gritty of the day-to-day that it, they don't always give me perspective um, on my life, which is where I find the Lunar Journal helpful, just being able to look at a month on one page and go, oh, yeah, there are all the things that, that this month held. Uh, there's reasons why I'm feeling overwhelmed this month. <clears throat> look, three months ago it wasn't like that or, hey, three months ago it was like that and now it's like this the pattern maker in me really appreciates 
having my life more condensed on the page. So I, I do both. I do kind of daily or regular journaling in a normal journal and then I try and <clears throat> dot, just jot down pieces of my life in the lunar journal to to have that kind of more, yeah, the bigger picture perspective as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love going back and going, wow, look what I've come through or um you know, you can get so wrapped into life sometimes, but to pull back and go look at those patterns mm. um, and just see what you've, you know, what you've come through or what you've healed or, you know, what you've learned or something. Um, like we said, going back through that mountain thing again, it's just good to reflect and go, oh, that's right. I went through that like epic thing back mm. then. Mm. And that makes sense. And now I can look at it and it's like, wow, I've actually, I don't feel attached to it anymore or yeah yeah I mean that's the that's the somehow the ironic thing it's easy to forget where we've come from or forget the things that were dominating our headspace or heart space not that long ago it's easy to move so quickly through life that we don't celebrate the changes so yeah there's multiple mm. multiple reasons why looking back and yeah is so valuable so I as a teacher of the school and as someone that's journeyed as well what uh, just finally to impart this podcast messages or any sort of words of wisdom that you could offer to anyone that's thinking about um, I guess stepping into this work or um, engaging anything you can offer Hmm. Um, I guess the thing that jumps to mind is the school as an organism and there's a very clear sense that the school, um, and this is probably true for many things more than the school, but to use the example of the school uh, as an organism is calling in the resources and the people so that the school can expand and become what it needs to be. So just, and we would do the same thing in our own lives, calling in the friends or the the partners or the children who we need to grow us to the next stage of <clears throat> our journey. The school's doing the same thing. So, um, yeah, just as you're speaking, I had a sense of, ah, oh, there's, there's people who are yet to come who will be so perfect for some thing, some expansion of the school as an expression of the healed feminine that will be so needed and it it won't be possible until they arrive. That's that's the sense that I get uh, when you're speaking in terms of people who are considering, um, yeah, immersing in this work. Mm. We all bring our gifts. Mm, thank you, Grace. Yes, we all bring our gifts and healing, don't mm. we? Um, yeah. And not only yeah. that, but um, given that the Four Seasons journey is basically healing in a group context, I mean, for one, that's such a powerful antidote to the individualistic ways we try and tackle that um, but two there'll be sisters in that in whatever circle you end up in who really need you there need your particular way and your particular wisdom uh, that's that's also has been so true in my experience and tangible um, and that can be a powerful thing to know as well yeah yeah exactly I found that um, and it still flows now it's just people might just say one thing at the right time mm. and 
again, being in that safe container and you're open to it and you're in, you know, everything's turned on in the, in the body. Yeah, um, deeply listening and you can hear it, yeah. hear it from somewhere. Yeah. 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 Oh, Grace, thank you so much for um, gracing us with your presence for this podcast. <laughs> and, thank you. Uh, priestessyourlife.com. I'll put all your links in the show notes and your sign up to your website and then you can get access to your amazing blog and all your offerings and yeah, deep gratitude. For you. Mm, thanks, Ali. It's been, yeah, great just to reflect on some of where I've come from and some of the gifts of this shamanic womancraft way. Thank you. For more information on today's inner review with photos and how to connect, head over to schoolofshamanicwomancraft.com forward slash media forward slash podcast. Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. We are all in this together.